0: This is Ask a Biologist, a program about the living world, and I'm Dr. Biology. For today's program, we are on the campus of Texas A&M in College Station, Texas, where the Botanical Society of America, BioQuest, and Texas A&M are running a very cool workshop for high school educators as well as high school students. And today we have a detective story for you, but not the usual bloody mystery type of story. Instead, I have a chance to talk with Flora Della Terre, plant detective. Flora's been investigating plant mysteries around the world, from Sri Lanka to Siberia, from high in the Appalachian Mountains to the rainforests of the Northwest. She's been in research laboratories and maybe even your very own backyard. Flora, I want to thank you for coming and uh, being on Ask a Biologist. Well, thank you. All right, plant detective. Hmm, What type of plant mysteries have you been investigating? Medicinal plants. Oh, medicinal plants. Okay, so medicinal, we're talking about, sounds like medicine. So we're talking about plants that uh, we use in treatment of people and maybe even animals, right?
1: That's right. You know, one of the mysteries involving medicinal plants is how did we find out about them? People have used them ever since we first began we didn't have anything else. We had plants and other natural substances. But one way I think that people found out about what plants were medicinal was by watching animals.
0: Okay, so now I was doing some research on you and I came across a really cool term. It's called phytomedicinals. medicinals um, So this is what we're talking about, right?
1: Right, phyto means plant. And so these are plants that contain medicine They have chemicals in them, compounds, that affect our bodies just like drugs. Some people think that natural means safe, but plants with the chemicals in them have just the same kind of range of safety as drugs that you buy in the drugstore. And, of course, there are all those warning labels and caps that children can't open. Well, it's the same kind of thing. Natural doesn't necessarily mean safe. You have to know what you're doing.
0: Right. Arsenic is natural, and the last time I checked, it would kill you if you took arsenic.
1: That's right. And of course, I'm talking about plants, using them as if you would pick them and just use them. But a lot of medicinal plants that we talk about on the radio show, The Plant Detective, are found in prescribed and over-the-counter drugs in your drugstore. So I'm not just talking about herbal remedies.
0: Oh, okay. So give me a few examples.
1: Well, in the drugstore, you can get Drugs for the heart that come from digitalis or foxglove. Actually, digitalis, I think, is the compound and foxglove is the plant. There are cancer drugs from a kind of periwinkle and also from an American plant, a North American plant called Mayapple, which it was found to be a cancer plant because people used to use it as a home remedy, mostly for warts, and so some scientists thought, well, if you can use it for warts and if it makes those little growths go away, maybe it would uh, make tumors inside the body go away. And in fact, they were right.
0: Well, we talked about you going off to exotic places, but we also mentioned the backyard, you know, even my backyard. How about giving us some examples of some plants, you can, just a few names of these phytomedicinals that are found in places like, um, well, anything in your backyard?
1: Yeah, I live in Montana. Uh, That's where uh, the radio show is produced. And we have in my backyard and I think across the country, plantain. And it's a tough little plant with uh, spiky seed heads. And I'd seen it for years before I did this radio show. I came to find out that many of us, well, I won't be naming names, but many people have Metamucil in their homes. Some people use Metamucil every day and they go and buy it. Well, all Metamucil really is is the seed husks of the little plantain plant. Psyllium is what it's called. Psyllium is the kind of generic name for it. And that's a substance that helps in both constipation and diarrhea. It's an interesting little plant, and it's been used that way for centuries. Another one is dandelion.
0: Oh, I have dandelions in my backyard. As a matter of fact, I'm always out there trying to kill them.
1: Who doesn't have dandelions in their backyard? But dandelions affect us in several ways. The flowers and the leaves are diuretics. Sometimes you have too much water in your body and you need to get it out of your body. And actually, the word in French for dandelion is pissenlit, and that means wet the bed. And that's what dandelions do to you. They make you want to go to the bathroom.
0: Okay, anybody out there been eating or uh, doing anything with dandelions? <laughs> okay, no dandelions out there. Okay, no one's going to admit it, that's for sure. Okay, to use some old-fashioned language, what got you working on the plant beat since you're a detective?
1: Um, Plants are just so mysterious. They have these effects on us, and they just look like plants when you pass them. Who would think they have all of these properties? And uh, so that got me interested in them, and I wanted to kind of go inside and, and find out more about them.
0: Now, your name alone is intriguing, flora della terre. Now, if I break that apart, flora, I'm thinking flowers, and della terre means of the earth. So are we talking flower of the earth?
1: We are, generally. I kind of tend to think of it as vegetation of the earth because it's not just about flowers. There are trees that are medicinal. Slippery elm is one of them, uh, cedar, yew, that's Y-E-W. That's a source of a really good breast cancer medicine.
0: I see. So this goes back to our science, flora and fauna. So the flora are the plants, and fauna are the animals. Okay, cool. I like that. And, well, you're a detective. Are you also a trained scientist?
1: I'm actually not a scientist. I'm a writer. And so what I try to do is work with scientists, people who do know about the content, and then take it and say, how can I make this interesting to someone who doesn't know anything about the science of this? How can I share this? science story with the layperson.
0: Hmm. So while doing my own detective work, I found your website, com, And on the website, you have some really great information, including amazing Fido facts. What else can a person find on the website?
1: Well, I chose some plants that I thought it would be fun to have pictures of and recipes and poems. And so I have specific plant pages that Actually, you can see the plant, you can find out what medicinal effects it has, what part of the plant is used, sometimes the root or the leaves or the flowers and, or the bark. And so it's got all this information about certain plants. Now, we have many more radio shows than we have pages like that. They're pretty intensive to make. So then we have our audio archives where you can actually listen to the show. Since it's actually broadcast out of radio stations, you can see where in the country that you might be able to listen to it. And I've got, I've done a coloring book, and so there's a page about that.
0: Coloring books. We have those on Ask a Biologist as well. But even though someone may go up to your site now and find out where they can listen to you on the radio, they also can listen to them just by going to your website, right?
1: Right. They can just find a plant that they want to know about and click on it, and they will get the story.
0: All right. So now our masks have to come off. Uh, you and I have something in common. I introduce you as Flora de la Terre... And I'm Dr. Biology, but those are actually just our on-air personalities. Who are you really?
1: My name is Beth Judy, and I live in Montana. And I have a background, really, in translating science for people without a background in science.
0: I see. Well, we're looking out at a sea of faces.
1: Is it a sea, or is it a pond? Oh, I... I, Or a lake. Okay.
0: Well, okay, I'll go with a pond. A big pond. (laughs) Okay. They're here for a workshop. It's uh, My Plant IT. It's at Texas A&M. So I've traveled down here just to meet with you and to work with them. They came up with some questions. And I have to say, I think they're better than some of the ones I came up with. Uh, So I'll have to cut that out of the the broadcast because I wouldn't want anybody to know that, right? (laughs) What drew you into writing and broadcasting these plant facts and stories?
1: It was actually... Something that was offered to me, I didn't even know what a medicinal plant was. What I did was radio. And um, I had done a show before this about herbs and spices. Because all of the herbs and spices that we cook with, salt and pepper and oregano and onions and all of that, they all have their own stories. So I had done kind of a fun show where I interviewed people about their favorite spice and then I went into the history of it. And a guy at the pharmacy school, I live in a town with a university, and they teach people how to be pharmacists, and a guy there who specializes in medicine from plants heard my Herbs and Spices show, and he said, I want to do a show on medicinal plants. So he contacted the radio station, and the radio station contacted me and said, would you like to do this? And I said, sure. And then only later did I say, medicinal plants, what is that? (laughs) But as I was saying to somebody earlier, you know, that puts me in the shoes of the listener. And so I, I see what interests me about the plant. And I make sure that if I understand it, then I know that the person listening, there's a good chance that they will understand it also. And so I feel like that helps me be a good translator of science.
0: Right. So number one rule, know your audience as a writer or a communicator. And in this case, you are your audience, so it makes it even easier.
1: Yes, that's, that's absolutely right.
0: Okay, so another great question from our audience. How do you get creative ideas, or what inspires you to write? But not just write. Write fun, creative ideas.
1: Well, yeah, the plants that I write about, I can't write anything. I have to focus on one plant. But I guess often one way that I choose... The plants that I do are, what are the plants that I know about, but I don't know about? For example, I use cinnamon. And cinnamon is medicinal, by the way. It's, um, it's anti-diabetic. And there's still research going on about that. But where does it come from? Or outside my house, there's a tree, and it's a linden tree. And I lived in France for a little while, and I know that people there use linden for uh, upset stomach. And they'll make a tea out of it. But that's all I really know about linden. So I myself am curious. And that's often what drives me to choose the plants. And then for the kind of the creative and fun twists, again, I'm often using myself, what amuses me? What do I think is fun? And that's kind of how I came up with The Plant Detective in the first place, actually, was, okay, I want to talk about this information, but I don't want it to be like other shows that are just... You know, scientists droning on and putting people to sleep. How can I make this fun? And how will this be something that I want to work on for years? And I have worked on it for, I think it's like 14 years I've done this show. And I haven't been bored yet.
0: Along these lines, what are your favorite plants? Because when I look at the list on the web, there must be maybe a 100 or so.
1: Yeah, yeah, there are. And, you know, I think each time I'm writing a plant, it's my favorite plant, I have to say, because I'm just like, wow, that's so cool. But let's see, I, I can try and choose some. One of them is ginger. And I don't know if you know this about ginger, but it soothes your stomach. And how it does that, it actually works on the muscle of your stomach. So you can take it from motion sickness. You know, in the early stages of pregnancy, when women feel sick, it can help Soothes their stomachs. And people who are taking chemotherapy, when they feel all that nausea, ginger can help them with that. And all you have to do is just eat it. I mean, just eat it in your meal. Or I even carry it in my purse. I have some that is candied. And I always just can pop it. I just carry it around in a little jar and I can pop it. But what's cool for motion sickness, the other remedies that you get in the drugstore actually work on your nervous system. And so they can make you drowsy. So let's say you're in a car and you're driving or you you take a pill or you're anywhere and you take a pill and all of a sudden you're drowsy. Well, that's not very good. Well, ginger can be as effective, but it just is working on the muscles and that's not going to affect your nervous system or your brain or your vision or anything.
0: That's interesting. I wonder how long we've known this because I know when I was younger, my mother always brought me ginger ale. When I wasn't feeling well. And so, and that's back when I think they were using real ginger in the actual ginger ale.
1: That is why we have ginger ale. That's exactly why. And, you know, people grew to like it just for itself and not use it medicinally anymore. And so that's why there is hardly probably any ginger in like Canada Dry or, or some of those brands. But they have brought back ginger ale with real ginger in it now. And I'm sure it, it will help your stomach.
0: Wow. Okay, I'm, I'm taking a slight break because I I dropped one of the last lists. I like this first question, though. This is someone that's really thinking about a career. Do you make money from doing what you do?
1: Yes, I do. It is a portion of my income. I don't make all of my livelihood from this show, but I do make a portion of it. And I, I do writing on the side, other kinds of writing articles and stuff like that.
0: They actually wanted to know, what do you call yourself?
1: All right. Um, I call myself a writer and a radio producer, and I guess if I had to be more specific about this show, I would say I'm a science writer.
0: A science writer, okay. And how many years did you have to spend in college to get where you are?
1: I spent four years in college as an English major. It was hard for me to choose because I was interested in other things, too, and I didn't know if I would be doing anything with it in the future. And then I spent two and a half years in a creative writing program. So I got a master's in creative writing. Let's see
0: here. So would you rather have the job that you have now or another one? And why?
1: Um, I am really happy doing what I do. And the only other job, there are a couple of other jobs that might tempt me if I could write f- totally fiction stories. That would be fun. As it is, I get to mix fiction and nonfiction. So I'm working with facts, but I'm having fun with flora and uh, kind of that creative part of it.
0: I'm going to take away all your writing. Okay, you you can't be a writer. You're not going to be any kind of a communicator, and. A lot of people slide into the teaching realm, which is great because we like to have more teachers. So I usually take that away. So if you could be anything, don't worry about constraints. What would you be or what would you do?
1: I'd be a singer.
0: <laughs> what kind? Pop or are you going to do opera? What?
1: Uh, n- definitely not opera. I have a lot of um, types of music that I like. It's more by, I go by the songs that I like. And I actually just did start taking singing lessons to work on my voice. I doubt I will ever be a singer, but at least uh, it's sounding okay.
0: Sounding okay? Well, my family won't even let me hum. <laughs> when did you first know you wanted to be a writer or maybe even the plant detective? Was there a calling for you, something that you just like, oh man, I loved writing?
1: Well, I always did like writing when I was a kid, but I really did kind of want to do a radio show when I was a kid. Just for a little while, I remember when I was young, I really liked classical music. And that's not a genre that a lot of young people like. And so I really wanted to do a radio show that would share my passion for this music with other kids and explain why it was cool. Well, I don't know what kind of a radio show that would have been. Then I actually started my radio show career on my answering machine. I'm not very good at reading instructions, and I thought that I had 30 seconds to fill. And so I did a radio show about words and word origins. So poor people who called me had to listen to a radio show for 30 seconds before they left me a message.
0: Did you get less messages that way?
1: It, it weeded them out. Then I just kind of drifted into radio later and writing.
0: So we have possible scientists. No, we're going to have all scientists, right? Everybody going to be a scientist? Yes, <laughs> <laughs> um, So those that aren't going to be the scientists, maybe they want to be a detective, plant detective, or a journalist. Is there any advice you have for them?
1: Keep asking questions. And even dumb questions, like you might think, oh, that's a dumb question. But sometimes no one else is asking that question, and that's a really good question to ask. And investigations are fun and helpful to other people, and I guess that's about it.
0: So I want to thank you, Beth, Judy, and Flora de La Terre for being here and visiting with us.
1: Thank you. It was very fun.
0: And I actually, I want to ask, what's it like having two first names?
1: It's a challenge.
0: Uh, and So when you went to school, did they ever wonder it was flipped around?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is. And I just have to answer to Beth or Judy.
0: All right. You've been listening to Ask a Biologist, and my guest has been Flora de La Terre, a plant detective. The Ask a Biologist podcast is usually produced on the campus of Arizona State University. For today's program, we are on the campus of Texas A&M in College Station, Texas, where the Botanical Society of America, BioQuest, and Texas A&M are running a very cool workshop for high school educators as well as high school students. Uh, Detective De La Terre and I, I hope, will investigate more things in the future, but remember, Even though this program is not broadcast live, you can still send us your questions about biology using our companion website. The address is askabiologist.asu.edu, or you can just Google the words, Ask a Biologist. I'm Dr. Biology.